Well, ladies, welcome. And let me say a special welcome to those who are joining us online or anyone who's with us in satellite groups. We're also glad that you're joining us for Bible study. If I have not yet met you, my name is Jill. I am one of the women's pastors and... I get to share with us tonight from John 7. But before we jump in, I have a quick, a few quick announcements for us. Um, as a reminder, we have an optional offering we do here at Women's Bible Study, and all money given towards that just goes to help support the tech needs and video needs and the books and childcare and all of that. So that's our offering. We announced this last week, and we're going to be announcing this every week probably through December, but we are so excited for our upcoming women's gathering called A Cozy Christmas. And it's called a cozy Christmas because it's going to be cozy because you can, and we invite you and encourage you to wear your pajamas. So wear your pajamas, or if you're like, I'm not wearing pajamas, come anyways, but wear something cozy. Wear your pajamas, come with us. We're going to have hot chocolate and cookies. We're going to sing Christmas carols. We're going to hear an an encouraging message from God's word. We're going to have fun. We are also going to have a pop-up store that will be open before and after the Christmas event, and that's going to be hosted by Mercy Street, which is a nonprofit ministry and organization that ministers to people who are incarcerated, and they have really cute, unique gifts, handmade soaps, really cute things, you guys. So it's a great chance to buy some of your Christmas gifts. You can come early and you can stay late to join us for that. And then for anyone who is unable to join us in person, we'll also have an online option. As part of our Christmas gathering, we are also doing a pajama drive, which many of you will remember that we did last year. And so we're doing it again this year. And we are collecting new pajamas that will benefit women and children who are experiencing homelessness and who are part of Hope Gardens Family Center. If you are interested to donate, please sign up on our website. You can sign up to let us know the quantity of pajamas you're buying, what sizes you're buying, and what gender you're buying for. So instead of just going to Target and grabbing a bag of stuff, please sign up on our website so that we make sure on our end that we have the exact number of sizes for each of the kids and each of the women. So You get more info about all of that on our website. Well, ladies, have you ever found yourself in life missing something? And what I mean by missing something is, have you ever found yourself looking for something and it's right in front of your face, but you just missed it and you couldn't find it? Like, for instance, your phone, which I've had in my pocket before and asked my husband to call me and I'm like, oh, there it is. So my sister in the second grade had a teacher who was missing her glasses, her eyeglasses, and she had probably looked all over for them. And then my teacher, or my sister kindly said to the teacher, hey, your glasses are actually on your head. Because you know, when you wear glasses, you sometimes put them on your head, right? So they were there all along. She had just missed it. I remember so vividly once I sent one of my friends to my car to grab something from the trunk that I knew was there. And I said, it's there, just go grab it. He comes back and he's like, it's not there. I'm sorry. I looked everywhere. And I was like, I don't think you did. I'm sure it's there. I'm going to go back. And side note, sometimes this happens with my husband as well. And I'm like, it's right there. Not that this happens with your husbands, but anyways. um, So I go out to the car, I move a box and I'm like, yep, there it is. Came back in and was like, hey, you just missed it, right? He missed it. So we can miss things like that, right? We can also miss moments. Last night I was putting my boys to bed and one of the struggles at bedtime for my boys I have twin boys, Hudson and Finley, who are six. One of the struggles is 
which bed is mom going to lay in? So who's going to get to snuggle with mom while we sing and pray, right? And so last night, it was Hudson's turn for me to be in bed with him. So I get in bed with Hudson, and then my other son, Finley, jumps in bed with us, and Hudson is so upset that Finley is in bed with us, and he's just crying and like, no, it was my turn with you. And I'm like, buddy, it's okay. Finley can lay down with us. But Hudson kept being upset, and so finally, I turned to him, and I said, Hudson, if you keep being upset, you're going to miss the fact that I'm right here with you right now, laying in bed, and we're going to get to sing and pray together. And so somehow that calmed him down and we made it through the night. But I share these stories to say that sometimes we miss things that are right in front of our face. Sometimes we miss things that we've been looking for, but sometimes we miss what actually matters most in life. We miss Jesus. And that can be true whether you have given your life to Christ or whether you've never given your life to Christ. So for some of us here tonight, you have never said yes to Jesus. You are currently missing out on Jesus and who he is and all that he has for you. And for some of you, you've said yes to Jesus. You've trusted your life into his hands. But if you're honest, there are still ways that you and I can miss out on Jesus and who he is and all that he has for us. And we see this in John chapter seven. We see that there are people who miss Jesus. They miss who he is. And then we see that there are people who don't miss him and they do decide to believe in him. And so what I want us to talk about tonight is the exhortation of don't miss Jesus. Don't miss Jesus. And so we're gonna look at John 7, but before we do that, let me pray for us. God, thank you so much for a great night with these women, Lord, a great night of getting to worship you and praise you and even just a great moment as we worshiped you of thanking you for who you are and all that you've done for us on the cross, Jesus. Thanks for your word, thanks for the gift of the Gospel of John and our going on seven weeks now being in this gospel together. Um, God, thanks for your word and the fruit that your word bears in our lives. God, I pray for each woman here and for myself, God, would we not miss you tonight. I pray for those, God, who have never said yes to you, Jesus, as their Lord and Savior, that you would open their eyes to the reality of who you are and that they would say yes to you for the first time. I pray for all those, myself included, who've already given our lives to you. God, convict us of some of the ways that we're missing you and help us not to miss you, but to follow you, to follow the God of the Bible with our whole hearts, Lord, our souls and our minds. So God, speak to us. Would your Holy Spirit fill this place? Would you move in this place and in our lives tonight, we pray in your great name, Jesus. Amen. All right, ladies, we're going to dig into John chapter 7. So starting in verse 1, it says, after this, Jesus went about in Galilee. He would not go about in Judea because the Jews were seeking to kill him. Now the Jews' feast of booths was at hand. So his brothers said to him, leave here and go to Judea that your disciples also may see the works you are doing. For no one works in secret if he seeks to be known openly. If you do these things, show yourself to the world, for not even his brothers believed in him. Jesus said to them, my time has not yet come, but your time is always here. The world cannot hate you, but it hates me because I testify about it that its works are evil. You go up to the feast. I am not going up to this feast, for my time has not yet fully come. After saying this, he remained in Galilee. But after his brothers had gone up to the feast, then he also went up, not publicly, but in private. The Jews were looking for him at the feast and saying, where is he? And there was much muttering about him among the people. While some said he's a good man, others said, no, he is leading the people astray. Yet for fear of the Jews, no one spoke openly of him. 
And then skipping to verse 40, when they heard these words, some of the people said, this really is the prophet. Others said, this is the Christ. But some said, is the Christ to come from Galilee? Has not the scripture said that the Christ comes from the offspring of David and comes from Bethlehem, the village where David was? So there was a division among the people over him. Some of them wanted to arrest him, but no one laid hands on him. So one of the things we see throughout John 7 is that there are people who are missing Jesus. They are missing Jesus's true identity. There are people who don't believe him. They are drawing wrong conclusions about who Jesus is. The verses we just read tell us that even Jesus's own brothers at this point in time don't believe in him. His own brothers who had lived with him and grown up with him and watched him, even they were missing him in this moment. They didn't recognize him as the Messiah. And that same thing happens today. There are people all over the city and the world around us who are missing Jesus. And if you're missing Jesus, then you are missing everything that ultimately matters. This chapter of John gives us some insight into why people miss Jesus. So one of the reasons that people miss Jesus is because they do not want to admit that they are sinners. They don't want to admit that they're sinners in need of a savior. When Jesus' brothers try to convince him to go up to the feast, he tells them in verse seven, and we just read this, the world cannot hate you, but it hates me because I testify about it that its works are evil. There are people that want to stay in the darkness. They don't want to come into the light. They don't want to acknowledge their sin or change their ways. And so they stay in their sin instead of coming to Jesus. And then even for those of us who are here who've said yes to Jesus, there are times where if we're honest, we would rather stay in the darkness. We don't want our sin to come into the light and be exposed. We don't want a sister or a brother to call us out on our sin. Maybe there's a sin that you keep engaging in, maybe because it helps numb the pain, it's a coping mechanism, it's fun, it feels good. Whatever reason you keep doing that, maybe there's a sin in your life that is addicting or unhealthy, and if you're honest, you simply don't want to stop doing that sin. Is there a sin in your life that you need to confess to God and ask him to forgive you? Or maybe you just need to ask God to search your heart and say, God, search my heart and convict me of areas where maybe I'm blind to my own sin, but would you show me the areas in my own life and heart where you want to change me and where I don't yet look like you, but you want me to look like you? And as we do this, we of course need to remember that God is a God of grace and mercy and love. 1 John 1, 9 reminds us if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. For anyone to come to Christ, you have to first recognize your identity as a sinner in order to know how much you need a savior. And so a question to think on is, do I recognize what a sinner I am? Do I recognize my need for a savior? People can miss Jesus because they want to stay in their sin. And then another thing we see is that people can miss, or people can miss Jesus because they actually misjudge him. They draw wrong conclusions about him. They judge him based on things that aren't actually true, or they don't do the work necessary to make a right judgment about Jesus. In the verses we read earlier, the people are questioning how Jesus could be the Messiah because he's from Galilee, and the Messiah is supposed to come from Bethlehem. But what they don't realize is that Jesus is from Bethlehem. He was literally born in Bethlehem. His father is Joseph. Joseph's hometown is Bethlehem. So even though Jesus grew up in Nazareth in Galilee, he was actually born in Bethlehem. But the people missed this truth because it looked to them, it appeared to them like Jesus. 
Jesus was simply from Galilee. In verse 24, Jesus makes an important statement. He says, do not judge by appearances, but judge with right judgment. And I also like how the New Living Translation says it. It says, look beneath the surface so that you can judge correctly. If the people had looked a little deeper, if they had simply asked Jesus, hey, where are you from? They would have found out the answer and the truth. They would have realized that he was actually born in Bethlehem, which is the place that the scriptures told us that the Messiah would come from. I think it's really interesting that Jesus tells us that there is a wrong way to judge, but there is also a right way to judge. Oftentimes people will say, don't judge me, or who are you to sit in judgment on me? And they will usually quote from where the Bible in Matthew says, do not judge or you too will be judged. But if you look at the context of that verse, it's not a blanket statement to never make a judgment. It's not saying that you should never make a judgment about someone, but rather it's saying you need to look at your own heart, your own life, your own soul, and you need to make judgments from a posture of humility rather than from a place of self-righteousness and pride. When we throw around that terminology of don't judge, don't judge me, don't tell me if what I'm doing is right or wrong, we are actually missing what God's word actually says about judging. Because as we saw earlier in John, Jesus literally says there is a right and a correct way to make a judgment. The people needed to make a judgment or a decision about who Jesus is, but they were going about it in the wrong way. I think we see at the end of John 7 that even Nicodemus, who's a Pharisee, and you might remember him, we saw him in John chapter 3, even Nicodemus is starting to understand how his own people are not judging Jesus correctly. At the end of John 7, starting in verse 50, we read Nicodemus, who had gone to him before, who'd gone to Jesus before, and who was one of them, so one of the Pharisees, said to them, does our law judge a man without first giving him a hearing and learning what he does? So even Nicodemus understands there is a right way to make a judgment about who Jesus is, and the Pharisees are not going about it in the right way. And here's the thing about Jesus. No one can be neutral about Jesus. You have either decided that Jesus is the Son of God and he's the Savior of the world, or you've decided that he's not. If you have not yet placed your faith and your trust in Jesus, I want to encourage you to make a judgment about him rightly and to do the work of learning who Jesus is and what God's word has to say about him. And if you're here or if you're with us online or in a satellite group and you don't yet believe in Jesus, you've never placed your faith and trust in him, we are so, so glad that you are here and that you're with us. And one of the best things you can do to learn about who Jesus is and make a right judgment about Jesus is to read God's word and all that God's word has to say about who Jesus is. And the Gospel of John, which is the book that we're gonna be in this entire year in Bible study, that is one of the best books to start in. Usually if I meet with someone who's investigating faith or curious about Jesus, I will often recommend that they start in the Gospel of John and read it and look at it from the lens of who is Jesus? And what do I believe about this? I usually offer to meet with people as well. And so if any of you want to meet one-on-one to read the Gospel of John, to talk more about who Jesus is as you investigate faith, find me or find one of our other pastors, but we would love to do that with you. So my encouragement would be don't base your decisions about Jesus on what the world says or how the media portrays Christianity or how a Christian treated you in the past or some bad experience you had at a past church. Base your decision on the word of God and on what the Bible says about who Jesus is.
And then for those of us who have already placed our trust in Jesus, there are ways that we too can miss him. We can think that we're following him, but in reality, we're actually following the things that we wish were true of him or the things that we want to be true of him or the things that aren't hard. And so we've turned them into easy because we don't want to follow the hard things Jesus has to say to us. And we follow these things we assume are true of Jesus, but that are actually found nowhere in the scriptures. I love Jesus, and I know that so many of you here love Jesus, and so for those of you who do love Jesus, I wanna just encourage you to sit with a question that I saw in one of the commentaries I read, and I thought it was such a good, but simple, but powerful question, and it's simply the question of, if you love Jesus, do I love the biblical Jesus? Do I love the biblical Jesus? Do I love the Jesus who is depicted and portrayed in the gospels and in the Bible? Or if I'm honest, do I love a version of Jesus that I've made up for myself, some of which, or maybe most of which, isn't actually based in God's word? As Christ followers, we need to rely on God's word as the authority in our lives. We need to regularly spend time in his word, reading it, studying it, obeying it, letting it shape, letting it guide you. God's word must guide everything that we do, everything that we say, and everything that we believe. So what we see in John 7 is we see a lot of people that are missing Jesus. They're missing who he really is. And in turn, they don't believe in him or trust him. And then second, something else we see in John 7 is that it's easy to miss Jesus in the present moments. It's easy to miss him today, to miss him right now. The context for John 7 is that Israel is in the midst of celebrating what's called the Feast of Booze. And you can read about this feast in Leviticus. Leviticus says, you shall dwell in booze for seven days. All native Israelites shall dwell in booze that your generations may know that I made the people of Israel dwell in booze when I brought them out of the land of Egypt. I am the Lord, your God. So the Feast of Booze, this is a Jewish feast where the people would remember how God had provided for Israel when the Israelites were wandering in the wilderness after God had brought them out of slavery in Egypt. In essence, at this feast, they were remembering God's faithfulness to them in the past, but they were also missing God's faithfulness to them right there in the present through Jesus Christ, through the Father sending his one and only Son as the promised Messiah. They were missing Jesus. God had provided for the people in the past, but he was also providing for them now and they were missing it. Sometimes as Christ followers, we can do the same thing. We can miss God's faithfulness and his goodness to us right here and right now. One of the best ways to not miss God in the present and in the everyday life is through the intentional act of gratitude and thanksgiving. And I love even when we worshiped earlier that Eileen led us in a moment of creating space to just say our praises to God, to just thank him for sending Jesus, for Jesus' work on the cross. I love that moment of thanksgiving and gratitude for what God has done for us. Bible tells us time and time again to be people who live with thanksgiving and gratitude. In Philippians, Paul tells us, don't be anxious about everything, but pray about it. Bring your request to God with thanksgiving. In Colossians, Paul says, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. We are called to be people who live with thanksgiving. And for me, I believe that thanksgiving is a habit and it's a discipline. It is not something that we are naturally prone towards, but it's something that we can make a habit and a discipline in our lives. We can choose thanksgiving 
thanksgiving on a daily and ongoing basis. We have to choose to look for the good even when life doesn't seem so good. We have to choose to be thankful and to come to God with all of our requests and bring him our thanksgiving no matter what season of life we find ourselves in. So one of the ways that we can miss God in the present or one of the ways we cannot miss God in the present is through thanksgiving and gratitude. So first, we can miss Jesus and who he really is. Second, we can miss Jesus in the present. And then third and lastly, we can miss the opportunity to respond to Jesus's invitation. Starting in verse 37, here's what John 7 says. On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the spirit whom those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet the spirit had not been given because Jesus was not yet glorified. This might remind you of what we talked about a couple weeks back when we were in John chapter four and the woman at the well and how Jesus offered her living water. And to remind you of what we talked about then, John four says, Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. What's interesting is that in John chapter four, when Jesus has this conversation with the woman and he gives her this invitation of living water, he's having a private conversation with one woman. But here in John chapter seven, Jesus is now taking this invitation and he's shouting it. He's crying it aloud to the masses. He stands up and he cries out, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. And whoever believes in me out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. True life can only be found in Jesus. The life that we are really looking for can only be found in Jesus. The other thing that shows us is that Jesus's invitation is available to everyone. Anyone who is thirsty can come to Jesus. You can place your faith in Jesus as your Lord and Savior and be made new and God will put his Holy Spirit to live and dwell inside of you. You will have eternal life with Christ Jesus. Jesus's invitation to come to him and drink reminds us of what God's word says in Isaiah 55, where it says, come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, and he who has no money, come, buy and eat. And then a few verses later, Isaiah says this, seek the Lord while he may be found, call upon him while he is near. The scripture is clear that you can miss your opportunity to respond to Jesus's invitation. And the way that you miss it is by not saying yes to Jesus here on this earth before you die. One commentary I read says it this way. If you don't find life before death, you can't find life after death. If you don't drink the water before you die, you won't have the chance afterward. And so my question to those of you who have not yet said yes to Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and maybe you've been with us all seven of these weeks and you've been reading John and trying to pray and dig in and learn who Jesus is, but my question for you without any pressure is what are you waiting for? What is holding you back? What obstacle stands in your way of placing your faith and trust in Jesus? I believe that there are people here in this room, people online, people in our satellite groups who don't yet know Jesus. And I want to encourage you, like we just read in Isaiah, Isaiah seek God while he may be found and don't miss your opportunity. Don't miss Jesus and the living water that he offers. And then for those of you here who have said yes to Jesus, who've experienced the living water that only Christ offers, 
then may God use you and I to point people to Jesus and to help a thirsty world find him. Ladies, don't miss Jesus. Whether you know him and believe in him or whether you don't yet know him and believe in him, don't miss Jesus. As we close, I wanna give us a couple of ways to respond. And I wanna invite you to bow your heads. This is really just between you and the Lord. And close your eyes because this isn't about your neighbor or anyone else. This is just you and God. And I want us to respond. And God, I even pray in this moment that we would not miss you, God. Help us not to miss you and all that you are inviting us to and all that you want to say to us right now, Lord. God, would your Holy Spirit move in fresh ways in this place, in our hearts, in our lives. God, for all the groups that will be watching online or in satellite groups, would your Holy Spirit move in the lives of those women? And so a couple ways to respond, ladies. First, if you're here and you're thirsty, but you've never said yes to Jesus and you're ready to do that, you're ready to say yes to the living water that only Jesus offers, you can place your faith in Jesus Christ right now. You can ask God to forgive you for your sins and he is faithful and just and will forgive you of your sins. And you can say, Jesus, I want you to be my Lord and Savior. The Bible tells us that each of us was created on purpose and for a purpose. God loves us. He designed you. You are valuable in his eyes. He created us in his image. But the Bible also tells us that we've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. And the punishment for our sin, the wages for our sin is death. But God sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, in his great love and grace and mercy. And Jesus Christ came. He lived a perfect and obedient life on this earth. He went to the cross to die for our sins and to pay the penalty we owe so that we don't have to. And he rose three days later and all who place their faith and trust in Jesus will be made right with God, will be made new in Christ Jesus, will be filled forever with the Holy Spirit and will receive forgiveness for your sins and the gift of eternal life in Christ Jesus. That's the gospel. That's the good news of what Jesus has done for us. That's the good news that John talks about and is wanting us to know that Jesus is the son of God and the savior of the world. And so if you're thirsty and you've never said yes to God's living water, then you can place your faith in Jesus for the first time. And if you're ready, just between you and the Lord, you can pray this prayer and you can say, God, I confess that I'm a sinner in need of a savior. Forgive me, God, for my sins. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins to pay the penalty I owe so that I don't have to. And I believe that Jesus rose again and I am placing my faith and trust in you, Jesus Christ, as my Lord and Savior. I commit to following you all the days of my life. And if you prayed that prayer, then we are so excited. Welcome to the family of God. We would love to celebrate with you and follow up with you. Would you find me or Coley or Tanya? Would you let your women's Bible study leader know? We would love to partner with you in your journey as you follow Jesus. And then for all the rest of us here, I wanna just invite you to think and pray on these two questions. Are there any ways that you have been missing Jesus? And maybe pray and say, God, would you show me, are there any ways that I've been missing you? So are there any ways you've been missing Jesus? And then second, if you are following Jesus, if you love Jesus, do you love the biblical Jesus? And ask God, God, are there any ways 
that, that I've made things up about you that aren't actually true, that aren't actually biblical. My beliefs don't line up with the Bible. So are there any ways I'm missing Jesus? And if I'm following him, then am I following the biblical Jesus? So just take a sit with the Lord on that. And God, we invite you to speak and to move and for your Holy Spirit to convict us as only you can. Father God, we thank you for all you've done for us through your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you for your word. God, and Lord, we just ask that you would help us not to miss you. I pray for anyone, God, who doesn't yet know you as their Lord and Savior. Help them to know you and to trust in you and not to miss you. God, those who believe in you, would you use us to bring the message of reconciliation to a lost and broken world around us? Would you give us opportunities to share with and our coworkers and our friends and our family? Use us to share the gospel and to help the thirsty find drink in you, Jesus, and to find true life in you. God, help us not to miss you and help us to rightly follow the biblical Jesus, God. And with all this world has to say, with all this world wants us to believe and culture wants us to believe, God, give us wisdom. Would our beliefs line up with your word, God? And where our beliefs don't line up with your word, would you convict us and bring us to repentance and change us, Lord? Help us to look more like you and to live more like you, Jesus. Help us not to miss you. We pray this in your great name, Jesus. Amen. Well, ladies, great to be with you. If you did make a first-time decision to follow Jesus, come find me. We would love to celebrate with you. If you're investing in faith, find us as well. We'd love to chat with you. And if you are here and you're new and you don't yet have a Women's Bible City table, come up front and we will put you at a table. And to the rest of you, be blessed. Go to your tables and you have 67 minutes until nine o'clock. And then we turn the lights off. <laughs> <laughs>